0: Hi there, I'm Sue Elvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 170. And today I'm going to share a couple of stories from my unschooling book, Curious Unschoolers. Also, I want to tell you about a free offer, and if you listen all the way through this episode, at the end, I'm going to share a few jokes. Yes, something to cheer us up, because life is a bit difficult at the moment, isn't it? And maybe we need to laugh. Life is a bit difficult at the moment. The whole world is united at the moment because of the coronavirus. I guess that's all we're talking about. It's all we're thinking about. Maybe we're all worried. It's affecting our lives. I must admit that I felt really down this morning. Not that we are in any danger. But yes, life isn't normal. Every day there's another restriction. Now you might know that my husband, Andy, is a primary school teacher. And I know that in a lot of countries around the world... schools have closed but in australia at the moment the schools are still open and my husband's quite glad about this he goes off each morning to teach his kindy and year one class now if the schools do close and that is a big possibility then all the teachers are going to have to rewrite their programs they're going to have to find work for their kids to do online And for kindy and year one students, that's going to be a bit difficult. Unless parents get involved, how are kindy kids going to learn? They can't do it by themselves. They do need someone face-to-face to get them through the work. Now, of course, if a child is at home, they're going to learn anyway. Life is full of learning, but... If they have to fulfill certain schoolwork, if they have to do their assignments, fill in worksheets, if they have to submit work to their teacher online, that's not so easy for the little kids. So Andy is going to school each day and each day all he hears about is the coronavirus, what he can and cannot do with his class. There are a lot of restrictions. The kids can no longer play sport. He's supposed to keep them 1.5 meters apart. I mean, have you ever tried to keep five-year-old children apart? They naturally congregate. They put their heads together. They chase each other. They hug each other. It is very difficult. Plus, the fact is that the classroom isn't big enough. To put kids 1.5 metres apart from each other. So there are a lot of problems to consider. And just hearing about the coronavirus every day, it's getting us all down. The last straw was hearing this morning that all our churches have now closed. How are we going to get on without going to church? I don't know. It is something else that we're going to have to struggle through. I know that in a lot of countries, such as the USA and Canada, the schools are closed. And I have heard that homeschoolers are trying to help the school parents with the task of educating their children. Just imagine you're used to sending your children to school and all of a sudden you have your children at home with you. What a big responsibility that must feel. Whether you have to get your kids to do the work or whether you have to find interesting things uh, for them to do instead of going to school, it is all very difficult. Yes, life has been turned upside down. And I guess the people who are most fortunate are the unschoolers, us. We're used to having our kids at home. We're used to learning from life. Yes, that part of our lives is okay. But maybe we have some tips that we can pass on to parents who aren't quite in such a good position as us. I am sure that there are lots of social media posts with helpful tips and ideas. Everybody is trying to help everybody else. And i guess i've got a few thoughts of my own to share i don't know how helpful they will be but here goes we would never invite difficult times into our lives but there is always a positive side yes at the moment we have a health scare we could get sick people around us our friends and our family we're all in some kind of danger from the coronavirus. Our lives are restricted. We can't do all the things that we are used to doing. But how can we look at that positively? Well, life gets very, very busy. It can get overwhelming. Every morning we could get up and the whole family could go out the door, go their separate ways Get involved with all the usual things of life. And now, well, we can't do all those things. Life is suddenly quiet. Could that be good? We have an opportunity to get off the treadmill. To live more simply. To think. To spend time with those people that we love the most. Because we're not going to be spending the time with anybody else, are we? Yes, gatherings are restricted, but there's nothing to say we can't spend time with our families. Difficult times teach us what is most important. Yes, we learn a lot from difficult times. Maybe this crisis is a time to reassess, to look at our lives. When things go back to normal, will we resume our old lives Or will we make some changes based on what we've learned as we are struggling through the crisis? For parents who are used to sending their kids to school, this is an opportunity to spend time with children, to work on connections, relationships. Perhaps it's a time when we can all get to know each other better. We can spend lots of time listening, swapping opinions, discovering new interests. We can all do that, even if we are unschoolers and we are used to spending time with our kids. I am guessing that everybody has more free time on their hands than they're normally used to. We can do things with our kids. Yes, we can go out, go on smeltings, Watch some documentaries, some movies, some mini-series, do some craft, play music. There are heaps of things that we can do. I guess it is just getting used to looking at life in a different way and not worrying about whether our children are learning or not. I mean, it could be a real big pressure, couldn't it, on parents? Parents might feel that responsibility. I've got to keep my kids' education going. Well, I think that it is inevitable that kids in school are not going to achieve what they normally achieve. It is just not possible for kids to do everything that they do at school at home. But the good news is, They could do a lot of different things and I reckon they could have a richer learning experience. Yes, I don't like to tell my school teacher husband that if well, his kids come home that they could get a wonderful education at home. No, teachers are needed. It all really depends on the attitude of parents. And of course, it does take time. Kids aren't used to directing their own learning. Parents aren't used to uh, helping their kids. It is um, a big thing, isn't it? I don't know how long this crisis is going to go on for, but wouldn't it be good if at the end of this time of our lives, people could look back and say, A lot of positive things happened during the coronavirus crisis. A lot of good things came out of it. I'm so glad that we had the opportunity to spend time together as a family. So there's a few thoughts on the coronavirus crisis. Now one thing that I'd like to do to help is to offer my book, Curious Unschoolers, are free for a couple of days. Yes, I've organized the Kindle version of Curious Sun Scholars to be free on Monday the 23rd of March and Tuesday the 24th of March and that's Pacific Time. If you look up Pacific Time, I think it's the time on the west coast of the United States. If you do a little bit of googling you'll soon work out when the free offer is available to you so if you haven't already got a copy of Curious Unschoolers i hope that you will hop over to amazon and get a free copy on either the 23rd or the 24th of march i also hope that you will spread the word could you please, if it is possible, tell your friends about this free offer? Perhaps you could share it on social media. Now, if you do get a copy of Curious Unschoolers, or if you already have a copy, or if you have a copy of my other book, Radical School Love, you might be interested in another free offer. And that is my membership site, my stories of an unschooling family community. Now until March 2021, which is a whole year away, I'm offering free membership to my online community. So I hope you will take advantage of that. I was reading the back cover of Curious Unschoolers this morning And some of the words on the back reminded me of my community. So perhaps I can read those words. Sue says, Imagine us sitting around your kitchen table, mugs in our hands, chatting about unschooling together. I'm going to share my family and our experiences. We'll ponder ideas and thoughts. Our conversation will go deep and wide. It'll be honest and real. And it'll be flavoured with love and gentleness. Maybe those words can apply to my community as well. But as well as me sharing my thoughts, ideas and experiences, other members can do that as well. It's a private community so we can be honest and real. And I think our conversations are flavoured with love and gentleness. We're there to help and encourage each other. Now, I don't have a great deal of members at the moment, but the ones I do have have got involved. We are having some great conversations. We're sharing ideas and resources. We're answering each other's questions. We are coming up with suggestions for various situations. I hope that we're encouraging each other as we unschool our children. So remember the free book offer on the 23rd and 24th of March and the free offer to join my Stories of an Unsculling Family community, which goes until March 2021. Yes, just imagine what we can achieve in a whole year together. I really hope that this community will be a huge success. Now, as I said in the introduction to this episode, I have a couple of stories that I want to share with you from my book, Curious Unschoolers. Perhaps people who are homeschooling for the first time will be able to relate to these stories. The first one is called How to Get Children to Do Their Schoolwork, and I introduce it in the book with these words. I often hear parents chatting together about how they can't get their kids to do their schoolwork. What do they do? Keep pushing their kids because that's what parents are expected to do? Is this part of their duty? Or maybe they could change their ideas about how kids learn. And here's the story. I'm at a dinner party. A woman sitting next to me says, I'm Irene, and then she asks, what do you do? I homeschool my children, I answer. Irene's eyebrows rise, as she says, oh, sounds interesting, but how do you make your children do their work? Over the years, I have been asked this question many times. So what is the answer? I chain my kids to the table until they've completed everything I want them to do. I threaten them with some dire punishment. I tell them I'll send them to school, unless... Or perhaps I don't actually expect them to do anything. They only have to do the things they want to do. While we were eating lunch the other day, I discussed this question with my daughters. If I said, how do I make you do your work, what would you say? Make us do our work, Charlotte, 15, was indignant. We want to learn. You don't have to make us do anything. I think about that. Wanting to learn. That was one of the original reasons for homeschooling our children. I wanted to raise children who love learning, who view learning as an essential and enjoyable part of life. I have to admit that I didn't get off to a great start. Well, maybe we began okay, but I kept getting sidetracked. I looked at what other families were doing, or what the experts recommended, or I caught a glimpse of a fantastic-looking curriculum or philosophy of education and my confidence would start to subside. I felt a great sense of responsibility, and sometimes I felt inadequate. Was I homeschooling my children in the right way? We did a lot of chopping and changing as I tried things out, and along the way somewhere I stopped listening to my children. They no longer enjoyed their work and started rebelling, and I began saying such things as, You have to do this. This is important. You can do what you want to do after you have done what I want you to do. If you won't do this work for me, you'll have to go to school. I didn't mean it. Sad. I think about what is different these days. Why are my children happy to learn? Why don't I have to prod them along? I think I gave my first couple of children the impression that education was something that children do. I'd completed my education. Now it was their turn to work and their turn to suffer. It was me against them, a real battle at times. Now we view education as a family affair. It's just something everyone does, it's as natural as eating and sleeping, an essential part of life. I really believe in leading by example. Children see us doing something, and they want to copy us. If they see us learning, they want to learn. They know what is important to us, and that becomes important to them. When I was fighting with my children over education, I can see they might have been thinking, why do we have to do this? you don't because i told you to because you are the child and i am the mother because i know more than you we can use our authority as parents to force our children to work but is there a better way a gentle way yes i think i found one that works for us these days i trust my children will learn what they need to know without me forcing them. I try and provide them with new experiences. I help and encourage them. I show them I love learning too. I spend lots of time sharing and learning with them. Instead of saying, you have to do this, I am saying, that looks interesting. Would you like me to help you find out more? I've bought a new book. Would you like to read it? I've just read your blog post. I enjoyed it. Would you like to read mine? Where shall we go for our next Wednesday adventure? Yes, I'll listen if you want to read to me. Did you enjoy that story? Would you like to tell me about it? What are you going to read next? Does anyone want to watch a Shakespeare play with me? Look what I drew. Can I tell you what I learnt? Of course you can have a go. What would you like to do today? What a great day. I love spending time with you. Our days are full and enjoyable. My children are certainly learning. But are they only doing things they like? Maybe I should force them to do things they'd rather not do. Wouldn't that be good for their self-discipline? Perhaps they need to learn how to stay with an unpleasant task until the job is done. I have come to the conclusion that there are plenty of opportunities for my children to put aside their selfish tendencies and practice self-discipline getting out of bed each morning at 6 a.m. to go running, fulfilling their share of the household tasks, taking time to pray and learn about their faith and go to Mass, giving up their time to help each other, and committing themselves to outside lessons and music practices, all of which they do willingly. How do I make my children do their schoolwork? I repeat to Irene, I don't use threats or bribes or punishments or force. I use love. Irene looks puzzled, but it would take far too long for me to explain. I can see she is already losing interest. And anyway, would she understand? I doubt it. Some things need to be lived. And that's my first story I wonder if anybody can relate to those words if you don't do this or that I will send you to school well it's funny isn't it we can't do that anymore we can't threaten to send our kids to school because there isn't any school for a lot of children at the moment no but we can make the most of the time that we have with our children at home My second story is called, What Do Children Need to Learn? Gemma Rose thrust her feet towards me and said, Please can you lace up my shoes for me, Mum? I was busy tying my own laces, so I replied, Can't you do up your own shoes? Gemma Rose shook her head, and I was aghast. My youngest daughter is eight years old. And somehow, I forgot to teach her how to tie shoelaces. And then I remembered something. These were new shoes. Her first pair of lace-up ones. She's always had the Velcro fastening kind before. We were in a hurry to get out the door and down to the playing fields. So I didn't stop and demonstrate lace tying. Instead, I did them up for her myself. And apparently, Imogen did them up for Gemma Rose the next day, and the next, and the next. Then last Monday, as we were preparing for our morning run, I said, Come over here if you want me to help you with those shoes. It's okay, Mum. I can tie them myself. But I didn't show you how. How did you learn? I asked Charlotte to tie my shoes for me after swimming on Saturday. And she didn't really want to, so she just showed me how to do it myself. Three weeks ago, Gemma Rose had no lace-tying need. She didn't own shoes with laces. Last week, she had no need. She had willing helpers to do the job for her. This week, because of a need, she is now a fully qualified shoe-lacer-upper. Having a need is obviously the best motivation for learning. So Gemma Rose can now tie laces, but what else have I forgotten to teach her that she should already know? And what are the essentials she needs to learn before her homeschooling education is over? How will I make sure I have everything covered? John Holt said, Since we can't know what knowledge will be most needed in the future, it is senseless to try to teach it in advance. Instead, we should try to turn out people who love learning so much and learn so well that they will be able to learn whatever needs to be learnt. I think about this. How can I possibly know what sort of world Gemma Rose will be moving into when she is grown up? The world is changing so quickly that I have no idea what it will be like in a few years' time. After graduating from university, my husband Andy worked in the same industry for 25 years. And then his job disappeared. He had the opportunity to do a postgraduate degree and study for a whole new career. And although Andy was excited at the prospect... He was a little nervous too. The world has changed so much since I last attended uni. He confided to me, we didn't even use computers when I did my last degree. Will I be able to cope? All the other students will be young and they'll be familiar with the modern way of learning. I assured Andy he'd have no problems at all. He'd soon pick up all he needed to know. And he did. He graduated in the top 2% of his year and received a Dean's medal. I was a delighted and very proud wife. But Andy had difficulty believing his achievement until the medal was actually placed in his hand, which was rather silly. Andy loves to learn, and so he had no trouble learning what he needed to know. But back to Gemma Rose. With such an unpredictable future... Should I try and stuff as much knowledge into her as possible, just in case? Or should I just encourage her love of learning and then trust she will learn everything she needs to know? has yes, an unpredictable future. Who would have predicted the coronavirus? Who would have predicted that so many children would now be at home? homeschooling rather than be at school. Yes homeschooling has become rather popular hasn't it? We're not in the minority anymore. All around the world kids are at home and they are learning. So if you think my book Curious and Schoolers" will be helpful to anybody please pass on the word about my free offer. And if you're listening to this podcast after the 24th of March, perhaps you would like to take a look at my book anyway. Well, my two books, Curious Unschoolers and Radical Unschool Love. And there is always the other free offer until March 2021, the free membership of my Stories of an Unschooling Family Community. It is a lovely place. Please join us. I shall leave a link to the community in the show notes if you would like to have a look at the landing page and read what I have written about the community and how to get involved. Yes, follow the link. Now, the other night, my daughter, Imogen, and my husband, Andy, were swapping Chuck Norris jokes. They were Googling them and then reading them out loud and then giggling and having a wonderful time. And I copied some of those jokes down to share with my community. And I'm also sharing them with you today in this podcast. Before I actually do tell you those jokes, Chuck Norris Andy and I, when we were much, much younger, before we had children, we were Chuck Norris fans and we watched all his movies. So the other night when Imogen and Andy were swapping Chuck Norris jokes, I was very surprised that Imogen actually knew who Chuck Norris is. He's of our era, not hers. I guess that Imogen and our other children first heard about Chuck Norris because of Andy. He shared some of his old favourite movies. and They became fans as well. That often happens, doesn't it? We share our favourite movies and music and other things from years gone by with our children. They get to like them too. Anyway, here are the jokes. Chuck Norris caught coronavirus and it had to be quarantined for 14 days. Chuck Norris caught the coronavirus, but later decided to let it go. Coronavirus was found wearing a mask near Chuck Norris's house. Chuck Norris doesn't have the coronavirus. The coronavirus has Chuck Norris. Well, I'm not very good at telling jokes, but I hope you get the idea. And if you would like a proper laugh, why not Google Chuck Norris jokes? Share them with your children. It might cheer you up if you're having a hard time at the moment. So that's all I've got for you today in this episode, episode 170. Yes, I've reached 170, a round number again. All I have left to do is to invite you to go over to my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family. You'll find a lot of information about my books there. And there are plenty of blog posts on all aspects of unschooling in my archives. Also, follow the link and find out more about my community And don't forget, on the 23rd and the 24th of March, Curious Unschoolers, the Kindle version, will be free on Amazon. Please tell everybody, this free promotion won't be a success if nobody hears about it. And while you are on Amazon, take a look at my other book, Radical Unschool Love. That's my favourite of the two. Now, I hope that this podcast hasn't been ruined by the dog next door barking. Oh my, as soon as I sit down, the dog starts barking. I have done my best to keep stopping so that the barks aren't recorded along with everything else. But if you do hear any barking noises, yes, it's not our dog. It's that dog next door. So thank you for listening to this episode. I hope that you have a good week. I hope you all keep safe and healthy. If there's anything I can do to help you with unschooling, please let me know. And so until next week, go out there and live a radical life of unconditional love.